I feel blessed with the skills that I've been given, but more importantly, I just have this this drive to accomplish what was set out to be accomplished for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it <laughs> keeps me up at night sometimes, yeah. but the family is the real like center point that keeps uh yeah keeps it connected. Who were you closest with growing up? I'm always curious about that. Hmm. That's interesting because I'm like, you say that and I think of different people in different times that I've been very close with. Um, but I think like I've always, and I, I know isolation is a bad thing, but I've always like found a lot of internal like peace and dialogue. Yeah, I hate people like, too. I've always kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's the easiest I'm in sales, way to say. But it. I don't like people. Yeah. Yeah, like I've always <sighs> kind of been um, my own closest. Yeah. I've always felt very close to who I am inside, which I think is just like yeah. been really behind everything that happens after that. Yeah. Is I've gotten more isolated over time, or as opposed to growing up, it was split household and my parents split up when I was six and I stayed with my mom. But I'm always curious in regard to, especially, you know, when I sit down with somebody successful and I'm like curious, I'm like, what, what were the things that imprinted on you or just the monumental people that kind of helped you become you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everything either directly or indirectly has some type of impact in molding you into the person you are. Yeah, I think, you know, a couple of people that I was really close with in important years of my life um, were my soccer coach in high school. Yeah. Um, you know, he was, his whole mission was to turn boys to men and to yeah. teach them some self, some sort of just like discipline and like yeah. self-awareness of responsibility in life. And uh, I didn't necessarily like go home to that every day like mm -hmm. my grandpa died um when i was uh yeah i mean i've had both of my grandpas die uh, and i'm close to my dad now but yeah. um it's tough when you're growing up and you don't have two parents at home and yeah there's a lot of like i don't know my mom worked hard you know how it goes absolutely it's like, a piece of me is like man you know what? when i have a child i'm gonna put them through hell because i went through hell and i want them to turn out good because look at myself and i was like pretty successful, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, for being 24 years old. But statistics don't lean in the favor of individuals like you and I, or probably, I guess I should say, 25% of this room. Because yeah. there should be an, another one of you should have grew up in a fa like a fatherless home. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, just based off what studies say. And so when I look at it, though, studies actually say that we should make less. You know, one of us should be incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Somebody should be dead. These, so it's like it's probably, it's not good to have a broken a neither broken of home. us should be married right yes like that's you are though yeah dude <laughs> i mean that's like the craziest uh dude straight up just like when i found out my girl was pregnant i was i knew the responsibility that was kind of endowed yeah. on me from that point like yeah love my girl so that was the easy option but like now i'm responsible for a kid yes. right like that's a it just now impacted me because you have the beard of like you made it with a child at 18 years old, because I couldn't even imagine making it with a child right now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> at 24, and I'm like, you got three. You know, so yeah. it's like I don't I don't think because 
life is hard. The world is hard. It's expensive. You know, I couldn't imagine. I, I just look at it's like, and I look at children as like it's either a million dollar asset or a million dollar liability. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's one of the that is the biggest investment you're gonna make in your entire life, and because that that's that's an investment that truly does. Like very few things literally live on past you, or they should live on past you, and that that's something where it's like like you said, you immediately recognize the responsibility. But it kind of like triggered for me of like that's a lot of kudos there. Like I look at your your uh, stat sheet here in regard to the notes that we took on you and studying you, and it's like done phenomenal things at the age of 26 you're still 26 right now right? Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like everything you've accomplished you against the odds broken home child at 18 years like you definitely should have just been like like in like a <laughs> like a trailer park you know what i mean like um, i still am a ch i'm white trash still right yeah no. i, I you say that oh no i yeah. don't want to get you demonetized no we're, we have to be oh. monetized first yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> we have to get monetized <laughs> i know that word's canceled but still it's just like i mean look i'm yeah, dude. I'm single mom, teen dad, like yes. whatever you want to call it. I'm yeah. here and I, like we're here. There's no there's a million excuses, but so there's many. one life that you have to like yeah. really go after it. Yeah, yeah. I read this book. So when I was 18, I got kind of like what flipped the script in my mind. I started to get mentors. I read a book called Die Empty by Todd Henry. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're big on books, but. Yeah, I would check this Is one you out. Just saying that's books. <laughs> hey, look, I don't. So, look, <laughs> the set decorations definitely yeah. on point. But if you read all of those, I'm uh, even more impressed. No, but Die Empty, Die Empty by Todd Henry, and it is a mindset shifter. You ha you walk away from that book, uh, really. I mean, it was just, that like a was that like a book that just life changing? Is that where you decide? Like, did you read the book and then go get mentors, or what clicked for you? Yeah, it was, it was just like check, like make goals. Like, what are your three day plan, five day plan? So, and then once you get that, what's your three month plan? Five, and yeah, that's what I needed in life. Yeah, yeah. I had, yeah, dude. I mean, when my first daughter was born, I had eight hundred dollars of credit card debt. Yes, and I looked at this child that I was responsible for and felt so irresponsible. Yes, and every every day every hour you work since then is like getting up the hill yes and that's just like what i got out of that book is you only have one chance to make it up the hill oh my god you yes. can't give up and it, once you give up and turn around and wave the flag it's like yeah okay well now you're not going to see the fullest of the site that was made for you right yeah. reach your potential and that's really my biggest thing man has just been trying to reach the potential that was that was given to, I feel I feel blessed with the skills that I've been given but more importantly I just have this this drive to accomplish what was set out to be accomplished for me yeah. and uh yeah it's <laughs> keeps me up at night sometimes yeah. but the family is the real like center point that keeps uh yeah keeps it connected so what inspired you to get into film making? Like what pushed you like 18, you read this book, it changes your perspective. You start making goals, but were you interested in film prior to that? Yeah. I, uh, my come up was like a lot of shooting and editing and just like quick music videos, yeah. little skits with my friends. I think the dream once you start making things is to make movies, to yeah. make the full, you know, what was the first camera you worked with? The first camera I worked with was a Canon T3i. Yeah. And uh, I was terrible. I knew nothing. Everything looked bad. Like, yeah. I know that now. 
But I think <laughs> when you're coming up, you think everything you're making is Glorious. as good as it gets. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was it was a, a great learning experience. Yeah. Now we have uh, Reds and the Sony's and all of that. What's your favorite? What's my favorite camera? I like shooting uh, Alexa Mini LF, which is like, you know, super nice, crispy. Your favorite Netflix show might be shot on it. Yeah. I also like the look of film, um, but mostly like when it's done right and not just done for like a vibe. It's done yeah, yeah. for actually like stylistic reasons. Um, but like for me, even I'll. Yeah, I think really just a good cinematographer can make a bad camera look like a million bucks, yeah. right? Like, it's just about knowing what to do with the camera. And What's the difference between a cinematographer and, like, a videographer? Mm -hmm. I guess it, to, in today, it's really what you make it. Okay. I think a cinematographer is mostly focusing, though, on the lighting and composition of the shot and how it all plays in the story versus a videographer's in my mind is someone that you kind of is more of a run and gun. They're yeah. more, you're more directing them on what needs to be done versus, uh, artistic vision yeah. being pulled together. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So you get inspired, you're doing film at a young age. It's more so the movies, what movies pulled you into wanting to make movies? Yeah. The movies that really, got me into wanting to do what I do now is um, it's kind of like a laundry list. Uh, like I have a, I have a favorite movie list that has 70 movies on it. Oh my goodness. So I'll, I'll try to keep it to like three. Um, I, I loved the pursuit of happiness. Um, School of rock is a classic and like none of the films I'm going to name ever are like perennial. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. That movie's like, the best movie ever but the one movie that i think would fall on that list is shawshank redemption and oh god because it's movie. just like the ultimate such a great movie yeah yes phenomenal movie the redemption story of just like yes. humanity. yeah yeah uh, i like troy that's one of my favorite movies troy i uh I, i'll be honest i don't know if i made it all the way through oh my god i I've know watched it a thousand times oh my god i feel bad it's like spartan movies like i didn't yeah, get three, through 300 that's pretty much like all of my favorite movies i haven't made it through <laughs> game of thrones oh my god no seriously? no yeah i mean and i watch probably less tv and media than a lot of people probably think that yeah i do it's just because like, you're more so just working on your own yeah content. honestly it's i'll watch our own stuff 10 times before it comes out versus yeah. watching. I mean, the last show I watched was uh, white Lotus. Yeah. It was great, but I'm not just out here like diving and yeah, I, my general rule of thumb, I'll wait till a show has a second season. That's <laughs> and then smart. before I get into yeah. it. So what was your first big gig? Ooh, I think the Taco Bell thing was the first big one. Um, just cause I was in high school and they flew me out to LA from Monroe and it happened on like a week notice yeah. and it was on TV and it was like a full, I mean, we shot it at this, the studio that they were shooting Mad Men at. They were shooting the last season of Mad Men and wow. then a 17 year old was directing a Taco Bell commercial. What did this thing look like? This Taco Bell commercial? Uh, it's online. It's the Taco Bell Fiery Doritos Locos Tacos premiere. And uh, yeah, the girls that play twins in that on YouTube? I think it's on my personal YouTube from like high school. Oh, buddy. Here we go. 
Um, and the girls from this commercial ended up becoming like, uh, I don't want to say like superstars, but they have like a two or three or maybe even five million uh, subscriber YouTube channel. The yeah. Mor- the Morel twins way more monetized than mine. And uh, that was this was like their first commercial. I want to say. Uh, sorry, I'm like. No, you're good. Uh, okay, so the the top one's the fake one I made, which is we don't have to watch that. This is the one that we made in LA. I don't know how yeah. it works on your thing, but I'm in it. Uh, I wrote it, I directed it, and this is obviously not the final sound mix version. This is just you're gonna the, have to like point you out with you not having a beer. I know. I'm so. That's me. Okay, I was gonna say I think that's. Him. I'm the I'm the baby, and then this guy he was in like American Sniper yeah. and a bunch of movies after this. So, this was uh, the Genesis, <laughs> and it's so bad, isn't it? It like, was bad but good. Well, I mean, this is like ten years ago. Yeah, so, but like I want a taco, kind of. Yeah, but like I'm also my own worst critic, and yeah. that really wasn't. Probably my best work. I ended up continuing to work for them, though, despite all the odds. Yeah. And uh, it was, like, really just, like, opened my eyes to almost, like, what the next wave of everything has been, which yeah. is you have to pursue those relationships you want. In or- like, I was yeah. making the fake Taco Bell. Com- like, the fake ones we made, honestly, I'm more proud of because there was so much more time that we had to spend on it versus yeah. this was, like, you – are flown in to a casting call. You literally go to a writing session. The next morning you shoot the thing. And by the end of the day, it's edited and done. Yeah. And that's like the process and no complaints. I know the process now, but that, I mean like, yeah, going from, uh, just what I was doing to this was ultimately like what opened my eyes to the reality that anything could be possible. Was this broadcasted on television? Oh, yeah. No, it was on so, TV. It was their, like, rollout for the Fiery DLT. So you were, like, famous in high school. Yeah, no. I, when I graduated high school, I had, like, 30,000 Twitter followers before, yeah. like, Twitter was a thing and um, was making YouTube videos and doing live streams. I wouldn't consider it famous, but definitely for 2013, it was, like... Way ahead of the game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was the type of guy that would have, like an Instagram account, go to 10 K followers and then get taken down. And then yeah. like, Oh, f- go follow my new account. Yeah. Like old one got deleted at 10 K or whatever. Like that was old internet hacker chase. Yeah. I mean, I used to do, I used to have, I mean, this was done under a pseudonym Yeah. under Chauncey Crawford, which is like the OG, like fake name. Yeah. yeah. Get all of my bad work out of the way. Yeah. Because I, kind of always felt that I wanted to keep my name clean. I mean, it yeah. all comes back together, yeah, yeah. but it's like, you know, Soderbergh, he'll write the movies under a different name, edit his movies under a different name, shoot his movie. Like he has all of these aliases, but he still does the thing in his original movies. He was credited as everything. But I think over time people get really yeah sensitive about the credits they take. And for me, I'm just like, dude, we're the creators and makers and doers. So yeah. whoever wants whatever credit, yeah. they can have it. 
we're here to get the job done. Who? What's the favorite? What's your favorite project you've done up until this point? Um. Well, I think one of my favorite projects is uh, the one that's coming out in theaters yeah. um, in April, shooting doves. Um, potentially undergoing a name change. There's a lot of things up in the air, but it's shot under the name Shooting Doves. Um, it's about racial reconciliation and like- So like theater theaters. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, like AMC down here. Yeah, so there's a company called Fathom Events that we're working with to get a day and date for yeah. uh, the official like release, but it they do like 800 theaters in one night and then they'll run a bunch of um, promotional campaigns and stuff around that and for independent films that's like the best way to get your film on a platform yeah um, they're super selective about projects they take on but yeah this one was uh, kind of like our little COVID pride piece out of Cincinnati um, all of the you know indie talent got together and um, there's a, over a dozen original songs in the film um, it's about like two worship leaders uh, who are, you know, going through the essentially revitalization of an urban neighborhood uh, in Cincinnati and kind of telling that story from two different lenses of, oh, there's a lot that we don't understand about each other, but really we have more in common than we all think. And, yeah. you know, really there's... It's just the people with money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the people with money who are pulling all the strings and kind of, uh, you know, the ones buying the buildings and, and doing that. And it's not necessarily us against anyone. It's yeah. just like more finding that middle ground and where we can all grow from. So that's the movie. And I'm the, yeah, it's probably weird hearing that. I'm like the only white guy on the film. So you're yeah. interviewing the wrong guy about the about the uh, talking point of the film. But uh, yeah, no, uh, it was written and directed by uh, a guy named Craig Brown out of Cincinnati, who is, for, I mean, for, for this being his first feature, it's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's getting into a bunch of theaters, so. And then what's your role? Uh, I produce the film. Produce. So, so what's the difference between like writing, directing, producing? So writing, writers write the film. Yeah. Uh, you know, they write the words the actors say, and directors will direct the actors on how to say them, where they should be, um, give input on, you know, camera movement, yeah. that sort of deal. Uh, producers make all that happen. We find the actors, we find the camera guys, we find the location, you know, we get all of the contracts and paperwork up to snuff to where after we shoot it, we can put it out and no one's going to sue us. Like, yeah we're the ones checking the boxes and kind of just playing that behind the curtains role of emailing just yeah. for lack of better words, producing. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, producers produce results and like, yes, you have to put, you know, if there's a scene that needs 50 extras, well, looks like we got to find 50 extras. Um, and yeah, indie producing is pretty much as hard as it gets as far as like cutting your teeth and, the production world um a lot of people will work their way up the chain of um you know advertising studios yeah. or um you know work their way in as someone's assistant in LA or New York and really doing it independently has been the biggest blessing for us because you know you just sure you're a small fish in a big pond but also like you can start to expand the size of your own pond 
over time versus being like a big fish in someone else's mm. pond that they're kind of controlling more mm. or less. Um, yeah, if I would have started my career six years ago at Netflix, I probably wouldn't be half as far up the chain as I could like cross convert now from growing a successful independent company and being like, oh yeah, Netflix is hiring X position. I could, that's like, you can pay me Is that enough your plan money? to transit now? No, no, no. Uh, what we're growing with 4x3 is a media catalog um, of comedy specials, independent films. We're, we're trying to create like. So you'll produce any film, but is your niche comedy? Uh, I mean, like, we're pretty much, uh, uh, studio that, this is a small portion of our, of our four by three crew, but we have, um, you know, a whole team that's, that's really locked into producing films, comedy specials. Um, you know, we release about 12 films a year and we're going for, uh, releasing a special every week. So, I mean, like call it whatever you want i don't know what i don't even know what to call us sometimes but we're so if i'm a comedian what am i running through you if i want to release a special like what am i you guys just you're finding me the cameraman you're finding me well we'll shoot it that's what so that's yeah that's what we're doing so you can you can you can do everything you can shoot it edit it produce it Mm -hmm. and then advertise it as well and like and we get it on platforms we have like okay. Tubi, Amazon Prime. Oh, so you, literally by Z. media catalog, you mean that you guys can do it all from from front to back? Exactly. Okay. Are there other like massive companies in comparison that? Yeah, like so. Like yeah, exactly. Pixar, it's like, so it's like that. Recreating it on an independent scale is what we're doing right yeah. now, and it's obviously like such a long game. But yes, I think the biggest traction we've gotten with comedy is that there's really talented people out there. So talented. That comedy Central's not flying to Iowa to film a special for no. this guy and. You know, now how com- comedians usually don't got any bread until like they're yeah. doing big shows. So how are you getting the like? How are you creating packages that are suitable for those comedians that don't have any money? Yeah, so we actually we're like straight up innovating the space. We uh, our deal is we bring the production cost to you, no upfront charge, and we split the revenue fifty fifty. So it is like oh, that's pretty sweet. Totally innovating. Yeah how specials get made produced and put out there yeah because we're seeing it as a joint partnership of us bringing our talents to the table you bringing your talents to the table and we're both gonna equally be a part of the long-term do they cover the upfront like man hours like no they have no out-of-pocket expense so you take care of and they keep a hundred percent yeah we take care of the upfront cost you keep the ticket sales we're more interested in building uh weekly release schedule where we can be the lyrical lemonade of comedy if we have a good enough consistent enough schedule of good enough and consistent enough comedians yeah people will i mean yeah sorry to get too on my but yeah no 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 regard to like so the profit comes from if it's not the ticket sales what does it come from youtube youtube yeah so and like all of the other streaming platforms and we're on Spotify, like with the albums and yeah. we're we're monetizing everywhere that we can trying to get because like Sirius XM runs clips on the radio. Yeah. Um, you know, Tubi has like 30 of our specials on their platform. So there's a lot of ways to monetize, but kind of like the 
key traffic driver for us is like our Instagram and our TikTok. Like we'll post the clips of the jokes. Those will run up. People will be looking for the full special, click on our page and f eventually find the YouTube where we're posting all of these. And, you know, we had been premiering our original stuff on Tubi and Prime and all of these different platforms. But we realized like we're doing the heavy lifting of converting audience to them. They should be promoting this to their audience and then we'll also promote it to our audience and build our own audience over time yeah but for us to just build into Tubi's model blind like over time it just doesn't it makes less and less sense yeah and when we have um yeah when we've been last year we shot 28 specials 30 specials somewhere i f forget but when you have the ability to do a consistent release schedule and literally all of social is talking about like yeah build this thing do this thing and it's like okay well we can post clips every day and we can post long form every week and we can build out series from there but i think our channel could quickly grow to 50 100 thousand subscribers and even past that um just because we're seven specials in eight specials in and um yeah i mean our social numbers from before we released specials on our YouTube to after, I think we started around, I don't know, 10, 15,000 followers before, like end of October. And now we're north of 80,000 followers across all platforms. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like last week, Instagram was growing almost 1,000 followers a day. Wow. Just because we had like... 14 posts that were actively viral like every time we refreshed it was another like yeah yeah that's insane what's your like hottest piece you know so far hot yeah hottest one's been ryan goldshire he's a impressionist he uh does you know uh, it, like the leo dicaprio clip he has i think it got two or three million views on every platform we posted it on yeah uh, Matthew McConaughey, he has a good one there. Morgan uh, Freeman, Joe Biden. Oh my God, his Joe Biden's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will, I will, I will not defame Ryan Goldshire's impressions, but we all try to do our own little. Can we pull it up. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and like the cool thing about all of our like YouTube shorts that go viral is they all have like this little call to action on it. Um, here I'll show you. So So like we live in a really uh, interesting time. We're living in uh, Joe Biden's America. Oh, I've seen this guy. Joe Biden's my favorite president to hear speak. Why? Cuz I like riddles. <laughs> <laughs> Garlic bread, yeah. <laughs> give him a whole bushel of garlic bread plus 
Dr. Mayor Garlic Breads. <laughs> what? That's the president. <laughs> so the so these videos, they all have this burn in full special and it converts a lot of click through to our page. That special You could sub. Okay, I'll drop a sub. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mad love. That special just hit 350k views, though. See, we need some uh -oh, shit we're like back this. to the taco video. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this has like been our whole game is just consistently releasing and publishing the specials, promoting the clips across all platforms. Yeah. So you recorded all of that, edited, and then put it out. Da -da -da -da. Yeah. I mean, we even we fa we found Ryan, flew him from LA to Cincinnati. Shit. Yeah, I mean, like, we went all in on, on Ryan because, you know, and it's crazy. It, well, uh, who, the, we were just talking about it at the Raven Room, and when he did a special with us, he, like, genuinely had no reason to work with us. Like, yeah. it was the second special we had shot. He had already been on Ellen. He had already done the Dana Carvey. Wow. And, like, won the Dana Carvey impression yeah. show. Like, he his impressions had been seen, and it was really the deal that set us apart. Was Ellen still like on TV? Uh, El when like he was on it like four years ago. Oh, okay. Ellen's I'm not on TV anymore. Oh, okay. No, no, no. He like didn't do that from this. Okay. But he had already accomplished so much in comedy. Yes. And no one was calling to work with him. Yeah. And that's where we were like, bro, you want to do this? Yeah. And from the special, he went from seven thousand followers when we dropped it, and he just passed eighty thousand followers on Instagram. Wow. Like. And he lives in L.A.? Yeah, but he's from Chicago. See, I'm yeah. going to have to hit him up. Yeah, what is it? Riverbrook North? Is that a town? Probably. When you combine no too many words. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I've, I know I, nothing we've only been. Him. I've only been here two years. She's probably been here two months. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. None of us know Chicago. But that was sweet. That was cool. Yeah, and all of those. So it's crazy. So when those little clips go viral on YouTube, YouTube's pretty much pushing an ad for yeah. our page to go watch these specials. And like, yeah, one of the one of those little clips got like a million views Is on that, YouTube. Was that your most viral one? Um, let's see. I don't know. Most viral ones would be Leo DiCaprio. Is that like three mil on IG? Uh. Probably three mil on TikTok as well. Can you see that one? Yeah. There's IG too if you need to search IG. Here's my impression of Leonardo DiCaprio on his girlfriend's 25th birthday. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, looks like we're done here. Uh, <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> yeah, dude, and it's crazy. That has like uh, a yeah, bunch of hits. I mean, this one, ha this yeah, one's a long one. This is like at 1.2 million on YouTube. Holy shit. That's like the yin and what do they pay? Is it per view? Like, yeah, it's so shorts aren't monetized. I thought we were going to be monetized when we hit over 1,000 subs, and then I have my assistant look at it, and she's like, uh, sorry, you don't have 4,000 watch hours. And I was like, I felt like such a hoe. I was like. Oh my god. Well, that's the cool thing with the <laughs> specials is like the watch people watch the whole special yeah. so they can drop seven or eight ads in one of the specials and yeah. you can really like run up some numbers. But as far as like I mean like we haven't even seen the real numbers yet. We just started dropping these like 8 weeks ago. I so saw it's all something still. a week or so ago on a podcast that said YouTube made updates in regard to like no swearing for monetization whatsoever. Like you can't even say like crap. Is that's, that true? 
That's not true. Not true? No. I think that it just runs different or lower paying ads, but uh, I have no. No, you guys haven't had any hiccups. No. Okay. So. Uh, Again, we don't have to worry about it because we're not monetized yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as like YouTube's content policy, they're always picky on what they're going to give like the best and highest paying ads yeah. to. But, you know, to totally censor someone to determine whether they're yeah. going to get money is. I'll use a black card on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, all, <laughs> we'll all have to just really. I'll see what card I can pull. I don't know if there's anything I have left. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a yeah. <laughs> I'm not really in the position. Uh, I I'm definitely a great ally. <laughs> I'll be right behind you, cheering you on. Yes. But uh, yeah, man, the whole comedy special thing has really just opened a whole new world of opportunities yeah. for us. And um, yeah, I mean, here in Chicago, we're shooting. So like, we'll come in. Yeah. What town. are you guys doing for Chicago? Yeah, we'll come into a town. And we'll, so we got in here on Wednesday. We shot Wednesday night a special. Uh, we shot a special last night. We also shot an event called Put It On Tape, mm -hmm. which is where comics who like maybe don't feel ready for that 30 yet, or they got 10 really good minutes that they want to put on camera for festival submission or whatever. And we had 12 comics on that show. So we had two shows last night. Mm. And then we had... Were these live settings or just... Oh, yeah. Okay. So we were in Wrigleyville for that, and then the Lincoln Lodge for the other show. You guys doing any shows tonight? Yeah, we're at Lincoln Lodge tonight at 7. How far is that? Uh, it's probably like 25, 30 minutes away. It's downtown. Oh, it's an hour away. Yeah, an hour away. It's snowy right now. <laughs> That's eight hours away. <laughs> I'd have to fly. I know. They got you out here in Oak Brook. Yes. And, uh, you got, dude, you ever watch the polo team over here? Uh, what polo team? They, the Oak Brook Polo Club. I made a documentary about the Oak Brook no, Polo Club. I have no idea. Oh, man, this is one of my passion works. For real? Oh, yeah. I came up here in COVID and, I mean, documented. Is polo where they're on the back of the horse? Yeah. Are you see, there's well, a they're on the horse. and they. There's no way there's a polo club. Right oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I'm Oak I'm going to have to sign her up for this. Oak Brook, <laughs> Oak Brook Polo Club is like the oldest polo club in the U.S. That's insane, dude. And this, the, uh, there's I a don't guy. think I'd fit in. I feel like there'd be some old white dude on like with a horse and like a pipe in his mouth. Get over here, boy! And I'd dude. be like, uh, it's 2023, brother. You talking about <laughs> you talking about the great community of polo athletes like that? No, I'm just <laughs> I have no idea. The polo is a uh, you know I think I had pretty much no background in the sport before I worked yeah. on that, and then. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you remember how COVID was. It was just like any. Yeah, no polo. Yeah. And it, well, <laughs> for us on the video side, it was like anything going down. We're definitely shooting. Yeah. And we got hit up about this stock and it actually ended up being like this really cool story of this dude who pretty much saved polo in Chicago. Um, and like, yeah, Prince Charles used to come here wow. in the 1980s and 90s. Like, yeah. Yeah. British royalty would come literally yeah what's the i don't even know there's like a big golf court butler national park yeah no idea i can't golf and uh yeah that's where all that went down but uh yeah it's kind of far away from downtown i think the only pull i've ever seen is like family guy skits because i watch family guy like religiously it is i'll tell you i'll just brain dump everything i remember the field is 400 yards long that's insane there are five people on horses i think one ball they have the big stick 
but uh, each team, the owner plays. So like the older white gentleman yeah. usually, yeah. and the other players on the team are like Argentine, Argentinian, or yeah. like polo is huge in Argentina. Yeah, and these players like are actually on the these guys' payroll, to, like keep yeah, yeah. up with the horses and the farm, and like yeah. really be the best polo team. Sounds like glorified slavery, but. Dude, <laughs> the way you're describing is there's an old white guy, there's a couple brown guys. <laughs> Dude, it is. I mean, the the I would say, uh, look, I would get paid, I, but they take care I, of the horses. I might go down there and try it if things keep going the way they are. Uh, he <laughs> seems to. All these guys seem to. There's take a care significant of. amount of money in those weird sports, though. It's like yeah. somebody will come in and be, like make a couple million. Oh, oh, they're in the NFL. Then somebody comes in, they're basically borderline a billionaire. It's like, what do they do? Oh, they're a cricket player. It's like what the <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like Elon Musk is gonna just yeah. say I was really passionate about space. Yes. And uh let's ignore all the PayPal and stuff. Yeah. I was a genius, but now I'm passionate about space. I like when people take that weird spin of like yeah. No no no, don't talk to me about what you actually know me for. Yeah, talk yeah. Talk to yeah. me about this new thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. He's going through a lot right now. What uh so, do you ever go to any comedy shows? I'm so like, like we said in the very beginning, I'm very like antisocial. If it's like further than three and a half minutes, I don't want to go. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, but I'll bring comedians here and like try to get them to do their bits, you know, <laughs> on the podcast, which they typically don't want to do. And then I like to laugh that way. I'll go if Joe Rogan's in town. Obviously, I gotta go see Rogan. Yeah. So, but I honestly, I'm starting to fall more in love with. Uh, up and coming comedians because they gotta they gotta try harder. It's, mm -hmm. I love the the professionalism of like the the Burt Kreischers and the Tom, uh, it, Tom, Tom Segura. Tom Segura. I love those those two guys. And, but it's like there's something about an up and coming comedian that's just like just that desperation and that grit to like put together like put together like even sometimes like I almost like when they like uh, what do they call it when they fucking don't bomb get bomb. There's something you can almost kind of laugh. Even, you know, equally, <laughs> like, hard. It's like, holy shit, dude, you're making me feel really awkward. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's something, like, or, I don't know. There, and there's co comedy in person is 8 million times better than, like, watching a special. But a, a put together, like, a really good special is really, really good, too. I had another producer on. I, I only know him by his Instagram handle, the Chicago GoPro. Oh, the Chicago Pro. I the think Chicago that's how Pro. we got connected. I yeah. think so, too. And I was like... He, and he's really detailed with his work, and uh, yeah, he was he was a really cool guy. But like even like he he had said like there's something different, you know, about watching a special and then like being there live in action. And my vision is, and it probably like I'm just being lazy. Is I want to start paying the comedians to just come and do, you know, 10 minute, 30 minute like mm -hmm. uh, stretches just to the to the sales for, just to switch it up. You know what I mean? It's like. Because 99% of our meetings are like Wolf of Wall Street, you better sell or you're gonna die meetings. You know what I mean? So it's like it'd be cool. I feel like to switch it up and like laugh and then like let's go, let's go, let's go make some sales. You know what I mean? Definitely. So it's like, and I bet I could get a lot of comedians up here for a hundred dollars for a half hour. For sure. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, bro, slide up here and just give us 30 minutes. I'll give you a hundred bucks. I'll drop the opportunity tonight and I'll send you a dozen yeah. names. Yeah, dude. And I've had a good bit on here and I'm just like, uh, yeah. We'll get to it. You know what I mean? I don't reach out. So it's like, that's something I want to do this year is like trying to have a comedian come out once a month or something. Let's do that right now. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Live on the air. Yes. We, yes. Uh, so we're shooting Nathan Lunds tonight and he does a podcast with a guy named Sam Talent. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him. 
potentially. Right. I'm really bad with names. The, yeah, the, yeah, he's probably on here, and he'll see this. And yeah, like, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, tomorrow we're at the Annoyance Theater yeah. and Bar. I don't know if you've been there. Um, doing a guy named Trumaine Bradley. Yeah, and then Sunday we have Eric Esteban and the Bengals game. Yeah, and the Bengals are just gonna keep taking over the world. Joey, Joey Burrow, dude, look. Joey Burrow is our Lord and Savior. He literally is. We've been listening to ESPN 1000 yeah. while we're in town. There's so much unnecessary Bengals slander going down. Yeah? They're totally mad. It's not as bad as I love the Cowboys. So my mom just sent me – my mom just – we're on here, and she just sends me a picture and goes, after the game, Dak threw his helmet in disgust, and it was intercepted. And I'm like, <laughs> Mom. Yeah, why don't you send me this? <laughs> like – We'll say goodbye to your mortgage next month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, the Cowboys, uh, yeah, we had a nasty three-game parlay. Jags, Bengals, Cowboys. That was like plus 2,200. Yeah. Dude, we thought for sure. Well, the Jags lost, which yes. killed the whole bet. But I thought the Cowboys were going to beat the Niners. I don't know What's what happened. What's up with the but... kicker? What's up with Dak Prescott? Just like absolutely I keep seeing these horrible stats of uh, who's the – is it Jalen Hurts? Is it is that the Eagles quarterback? Mm-hmm. Is that the dude's name? How was he born, made it to the NFL, made it to a playoff before the Cowboys have even won a playoff game? You know what I mean? And it's like 22, 23 years since they've won a playoff game or something like that. It's it's disgusting. It's insane. Yeah. The, uh, the Cowboys were looking strong. But, yeah, Cincinnati – Hopefully we can win this year. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but you just did. I think everyone's. <laughs> I think everyone's on the same page. With Does Joe Burrow just play with a cigar in his mouth the whole Dude, time? Joe, Joe Burrow, man. <sighs> Have you ever seen that that uh, that Tom and Jerry like like voiceover where he's he's got the cigar and he's like one hit <laughs> and then pow, but like just I, you guys know what I'm talking about the the where he pulls a cigarette. And I don't know what he said. He's like talking shit to obviously uh, the what's the mouse's name? Is it, Tom, uh, is it Jerry? Uh, which one's Tom? I think Tom. Tom's got to be the cat. Tom Cat. Yeah. Tom. He does a pull off a cigarette. <laughs> got a gun and he like likes a cigarette. One pulls. He's like one pull, bitch. And, and <laughs> I, I don't know. It was hilarious. But I, I, I think of this and I'm like, what the absolute fuck. You know, and I have no idea where I'm going with this. Yeah, I, I don't. I no I, well, I wanted to maybe add on, like, <laughs> did Hunter S. Thompson write that episode? Where, where did, what were they doing with children's programming? I have no idea. But anyways, Joe Burrow, he probably does one hit. Yeah, this, just one hit a cigar I, yeah. before, like, before. I just, I remember the game after he won. He played at LSU, right? Yeah. And he's just cigared out. I'm like, kind of like he's like Jordan or Kobe. I'm like, dog, it's college, dude. You know what I mean? And now you got guys that play in college till they're 40 years old. Who's that dude? Was he at Georgia? I mean, he's older than all of us probably. There's a quarterback at uh, Northern Texas. It's like 28. That's the Georgia's quarterback age. Yeah. yeah. It's like, all right, well. It's like the longest yard. They got like Adam Sandler. <laughs> it's like, well, holy I, shit. Well, and I wonder if those guys will get in. Like, I'm sure they'll get a shot at the NFL. But, like, dude, there's guys that are like five years younger yeah, than them that the are NFL. starters. They got to do something else. All right. That's the Joe Burrow power hour, everyone. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you having me Is on. Is there anything else you wanted to hit? Let me check your stat list. We're just hanging out. We've this, been having a fun time. This, this, this got funner as time, got, time went on, and I got less awkward. <laughs> no, once we realize that we're talking to two people who themselves are their best friends, it's like, oh, wow. Well, the issue is if we ever start talking about comedy, I have this, like, this psychological issue where I start to like 
try to associate myself with whatever topic it is. And I'll get comedians on here and I'll start thinking to myself, start telling jokes, start telling, just try to make, make a joke out of this. And I'm like, stop, shut the fuck up. Shut, like in my head, because in my head, I'm like, you know what, you're a comedian. I'm like, no, you're not. Shut, shut up. Don't do it. Yeah. Because I'll be hearing their bits. I'm like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that wasn't that good. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't. And then I'll like try to say something and nobody will laugh and I'll just try to play it off. Yeah. You'd be like, eh, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hated myself. Exactly. Yeah, I... And then we'll put it on TikTok and it'll be like 99% of the comments like, what the fuck is he saying? His suit doesn't fit. Like, it's just Dude, like, your a suit is it's on a clean point. suit. Yeah, yeah it's a clean suit. Congratulations. Luckily, down here, but. They co- it comes up high. I, I mean, jeez, OP, dude. Right? Fresh AF. Four by three. Yep. On Instagram? On Instagram. One word everywhere. Four yep. by three. Uh, yeah, that's it. I that's have it? stickers somewhere. I'm going to. We got stickers. Put. Don't ask for them. Yeah. So, Don't I mean, ask for them. <laughs> yeah, dude, I do my sticker pitch on your podcast by everyone. <laughs> I'm going to die of that embarrassment. That's like a good now. thing to get into. Dude, the profit margin on stickers has to be massive. Well, I, do, I don't sell them. I, I, dude, I literally don't, I don't sell the hoodies. Yeah. I pretty much give away hoodies, yeah, yeah. stickers. Anyone that is like rocking with what we're doing, yeah, they're more than embraced. Yeah. So, good marketing. I try. I, I prefer to do this than pretty much anything else. Yeah. So, gotta love it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to caveat that and also end it with this, except for my family. So, Let's we'll go. start it where we ended it. Let's go. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. This has been awesome. And uh, part two soon. Part two soon. Stay tuned, guys. Part-